Great. I just got to pray for him before he starts. Yeah, Lord, I thank you so much for this, this man of God that you've uh, given us this morning to uh, help us to understand your word, Lord. I, I want to pray this morning, would you be with Chris as he brings this message to us, Lord? Would you help him to just feel empowered to share what you've put on his heart, Lord Jesus? We thank you so much that you've given him something to say this morning, and I pray with his word, touch hearts, Lord. Be with him, pray against any nerves or anything like that, Lord. Just be with this man and help him to really give a great account of you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hello. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah. I, well, uh, Happy New Year, firstly. Happy New Year, everyone upstairs. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's real for us. <laughs> um, but um, just before I start this morning, I thought I'll, um, I'll introduce myself or reintroduce myself for those guys who already know me. Um, yeah, so my, this is what I'm going to do, actually. My name, my, my full name is, now listen to this, Chukwemeka Christopher Oluwashola Onyedema. But, yeah, you can all just call me Chris. Yeah, everyone call me Chris. That's cool. I'm happy with that. Um, and yes, I'm, I'm married to, to, to Hannah. Hannah's not here. I'm going to shout with the kids. Hannah is Shirley and Stu's daughter. Uh, Hannah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm married to Hannah. And I think we've been married for about coming up six years now. Um, and in those six years, we, we've been busy, to say the least. Um, <laughs> God has blessed us with three amazing children. Uh, but I'm going to introduce my, ch- my kids as well. I, I did have a picture, but I, I thought I'd not bother. Um, you might have seen him running around. We've got three amazing kids. Um, my son, he's, he's called Olua Toby Wilfred, AGK. AGK means not by my power by God's power. That's a translation in Igbo. Um, Nelly, who's my daughter, we've got Nelly Elizabeth Chizara. Um, Chizara means God answers. Um, and we've got a little one who's just over one called Micah James Eberechi. Eberechi means mercy of God. Um, and they are my kids. Um, and yeah, so for anyone wondering, I am from Nigeria. Um, my parents are both Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria, um, and I lived there for a memorable part of my life, should we say, for about 10, you know, 10 to 11 years. And in Nigeria, growing up in Nigeria, one thing I remember quite fondly was going to church. We lived in a Christian part, and going to church was a big thing. Um, I remember quite fondly my auntie would um, get us dressed. We like to get dressed, um, Nigerians. We, <laughs> we like looking good. And my auntie would get us dressed in our Sunday best, and we would go to church. Um, and the church I went to back then, it was quite a big church. And I don't think there was any such thing as kids' work or Sunday school or anything. So we'd have to sit there. Remember, imagine young Chris had to sit there and listen for the whole church service. And the preacher would go on for hours. <laughs> It'd be about an hour or more. Um, who wants to listen to me preach for an hour today? <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Um, but no, no, it, the preacher had gone for long. It was really long. But today, I'll only be preaching for about 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, and we are going to carry on the sermon series called Come the Revolution. Come the Revolution. As we look at Jesus' revolutionary teaching um, in the book of Matthew, um, 
he, uh, he, he, Jesus' revolutionary teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, according to Matthew, one of his disciples. Um, so, let's get to it. Um, who uses an iPhone? Who's got an iPhone? We've got a lot of iPhone users, aren't we? Right. Now, in the day and age we live in now, there's, there's a lot of things that people claim to be revolutionary, isn't there? Like the iPhone's one of them. Every year, we get a new iPhone. And every year, they give this keynote. And they say, it's the most revolutionary iPhone yet, don't they? You know, last year we had the iPhone 13, and I think this year is going to be the 14. And no doubt, they will say, it's the most revolutionary iPhone yet. It's the newest, it's the latest and greatest. Um, but today, actually, we're going to focus on a teaching that has not been bettered. Come the revolution. It's Jesus' teaching that it's truly revolutionary. Um, and so today I'm going to be preaching from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 12. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read from verses 1 through to 12. So, do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them underneath, your, underneath their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks will receive, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Which one of you, if you have a son, if, if your son asks for bread, will give him stone, or if he asks for a fish, you give him snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? Give good gifts to those who ask him. So in everything, do to others what you will have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Amen. That's God's word. Let's just pray quickly. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Um, thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. Thank you that you lead us. Thank you that you speak to us. And Lord, I pray this morning as you... As, um, um, as we delve into your word, I pray that you really speak to us and touch our hearts this morning. Let your word be like the double-edged sword that touches our heart. In Jesus' name. So, let's get to it. So far in the book of Matthew, um, we, we, we know that Jesus has given this sermon on the mountainside. And he's surrounded by um, a few um, his disciples. Um, and he's given this, um, this, 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 this talk, basically. Um, and he touches on themes and topics um, based on life and what kind of living in God's kingdom should look like. You know, in chapter 5, we have the, the, the attitudes, the beautiful attitudes, as we call them. It talks about murder, adultery, loving your enemies, 
praying, fasting. And then here in chapter 7, he, he, um, he starts to teach on another very important topic, which is um, uh, relating to the way we think, the way, the, the way we treat others. And so here he starts with this kind of firm command. He warns us, he says, do not judge. Um, and other translations in the Bible uh, may say something like, do not pick on people, jump to failures, criticize their faults. Do not judge or you will be judged. Um, as I was preparing for this, this talk, and uh, I knew it was kind of based on around judging people and how we treat people and how people feel. Um, I kind of thought I'd, I'd, I'd do some research and do some kind of reading and uh, um, I looked on the internet for various articles which was to do with why Christians might stop going to church or move churches or even non-Christians consider not going to church at all. Um, and as I was reading, there was, there was a few articles and blog posts and, uh, and, and things written by and surveys done. And, and one of the things that kept coming up close to the top, one of the reasons was generally to do with how people felt they were treated. What criticism they might felt they have got, they got from the church or from the people in the church or the leaders or, 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 or the way they, they felt judged. And as a regular churchgoer myself, I thought, do you know what? No, that can't be right. We're, we're not like that, are we? We treat people nice. You know, we, we don't criticize, we don't judge. I thought, no, nah, what church are they going to? But you see, the reality of it is we can all be judgmental sometimes, can't we? It's so much easier sometimes to read the words in the Bible than it actually is when it comes to putting it into practice. I know it is for me. And so why is Jesus saying it here? Do not judge. What happens when we judge? Whether that's outwardly, when we criticize, when we pick on faults, pick on flaws, or whether that's inwardly, we, we keep it to ourselves and, you know, no one thinks, no one's going to know what I'm thinking about that situation, about that person. You see, what happens when we do this is we, we, we start to manifest a, a sense of pride, don't we? A, a sense of feeling that actually we're better. I'm better than that person, I'm better than that situation. Uh, one of the authors in the Bible, James, writes in, in his letters, he addresses kind of the, the, the wider Christians. In James chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they not come from the desires that battle within you? James 4.1, the desires that battle within us. Pride, superiority. And so what, what, what's Jesus teaching here when he says, do not judge? See, I believe he's saying, watch out for those ungodly desires that could brew up inside of us when we judge others, when we pick on faults in other people, cultures. Watch out. Be vigilant against this, the, the urge, the feeling of pride, of superiority, when you judge other people. And then there's the other part of the statement, or you will be judged. Um, I read a commentary on, on, on this verse, and it says, it, sometimes it's the most commonly misunderstood 
a saying that Jesus has given. People kind of misunderstand it a bit. You know, it, today we live in a world where we, we, we kind of have to tolerate, tolerate, tolerating and unity and acceptance is, is kind of the dominant theme, isn't it? It's the, it's the culture now, it's the norm. You've got to, you know, you've got to be okay with everything. And as Christians, we might feel like, God, oh, you know what? We've just got to accept everything, every teaching, every lifestyle choice, and, uh, uh, and not judge because I don't want to come across judgmental. I don't want to criticize. I don't want to upset anyone. But you see, I think you'd agree with me uh, in thinking that that's not the lesson here, is it? That's not the lesson. We can't dodge that accountability, that responsibility we have to each other by thinking that way. Let's take a, a, a biblical example. Um, let's take an example, actually. Um, if, if you've got a, a kid, a child, a young toddler, I've got one, and, and you, know, you, you see that toddler kind of going towards a set of stairs, the first thing you think, out of the love you have in your heart, you would do anything to, to, to stop them, to warn them from getting any closer. Why did you fall? To stop them from, 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 from falling. Out of the love that we have. And you see, in Christ, we have unconditional love, don't we? We all know that. We, we've got unconditional love in Christ. And so as Christians, we're called to be like Christ himself. So we should therefore love unconditionally. Galatians chapter 6 summarizes this point really well. It says, brothers and sister, if someone in you is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Gently. And so when it comes to judgment, do not judge when it comes to judgment, Jesus is simply saying here, don't do it. Let my Father in heaven handle that. I've called you to love and love unconditionally. Um, when Simon emailed me to do this talk, he, he put, he put the, the, the passage, Matthew 7, um, and next to it, he, he put a little sub, subheader called Kingdom Vigilance Against Pride. A lot of big words. I was thinking, gosh. Um, <laughs> Um, and I, I was thinking, you know, what I was planning and thinking, kingdom vigilance against pride. I thought, what should I talk about? And one thing that kept recurring in me was humility. And so I just want to take a, a, br a brief moment or two to talk about humility. You see, being vigilant calls us to be alert, doesn't it? It calls us to be aware, to be mindful. And in the next part of this chapter, Jesus then further simplifies his teaching by using an illustration. Verse 3, he says, Why do you look at the, the, the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the plank, the speck from your brother's eye. Can you imagine kind of a visual representation of that? Can you imagine someone trying to help you and they've got this massive boulder in their eye? It's quite funny, isn't it, when you think about it? But you see, this spoke to me a lot about humility, about being humble, about taking a deep look at yourself. 
You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye. See, what Jesus is getting at here is we, we, we generally are more tolerant of our own sin than we are of others, aren't we? When we do something wrong, oh, it's all right. But when they do it, oh, generally more tolerant. And notice that the Bible here doesn't say, don't help. Doesn't say, uh, uh, leave people in sin. Doesn't say, don't help. It actually says, first, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. If you go back to the verse in Galatians 6, it says, Brother, sister, if someone is caught in sin, then you who live by the Spirit should restore them gently. You who live by the Spirit. And so the lesson here in the context of the gospel is that Jesus wants us. He wants our hearts to be cleansed first before we can truly help. So before we can truly help, so that when we do help, when we do correct, that help and that correction is given in love. Not, 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 not judging and not condemnation. And it's only when we know the truth and the gospel truth for ourselves and we experience the grace that we receive from God, then are we able to extend that to people around us without judging, without picking out their faults, but in love and in relationship. Let's take a, a look at a biblical example in John chapter 8, verses 1 to 7. It reads like this. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand there before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of, the law of Moses commands us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? And then further on it says, when, Je when they kept on questioning Jesus, questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let, what, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And you see, if you read further on in that chapter, you see how quickly humbled those people were. Quickly humbled. Humility. It's easy to have a, an opinion from a distance, isn't it? It's really easy to have, to, to have an opinion of something from a distance. I, I, I'm, I love football. I play a lot of football. Play for the mighty Jubilee Church Teesside FC. It's brilliant. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not a professional footballer. You know, I know I should be, but you know. <laughs> um, but I, often I watch professionals on the telly, and when I'm watching them on the telly in a from the comfort of my own house, it's so easy for me to have an opinion, judge what they're doing, what they're getting right and not getting right, or my opinion, anyways. I support Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, and when I watch Harry Kane, I'm like, oh, Harry Kane should have passed the ball over there. He should have ran faster. It's so easy from a distance for us to have an opinion. From the comfort of, the, of my own home. But actually playing football, when we're up close and personal, when we're on the pitch, it's different, isn't it? It's more complex. It's more fast-paced than we think. And you see, in the same way, proximity, being up close and personal, 
it helps us appreciate each other more with our differences, with our complexities. It compels us to be generous with love, to help out of love and relationship instead of judge out of superiority and pride. So you may have a, a, a different opinion on, 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 on maybe race, immigration, and certain other topics in the world today. But you see, until you're in a community with people, maybe someone from a, a, an Eritrean, Iranian, Nigerian, Ghanaian, Indian, Sudanese, El Salvadorian background, and you're, and you're, and you're in community with these people and you're maybe eating rice and, and samosas and chicken <laughs> and lamb, befriending one another, sharing stories, then suddenly you find you're a bit more refined, gracious towards them, aren't you? See, I love being part of this church as, as we encourage diversity in worship, in community, in leadership. Such a blessing. Such a blessing to have guys from all over the nations worship with us week in, week out. I love what God's doing in um, our community group, Gen Z's, at the moment. It's, it's, it's amazing over the past year. Uh, it's so refreshing. It's so encouraging. Our brother, my good friend Kobe, has been teaching us to <laughs> read the King James Version of the Bible. It's, it's amazing. Um, and I, I, I got encouraged to share a picture, actually. Um, over the past week, God put a picture in my heart. And um, I was at a New Year's Day service. Um, and it was, it, was, uh, it was during the worship. And, and basically, they, they, they had a band and the electric guitarist... Uh, it was the beginning of a song, and the electric guitarist started the song with this cool rhythm. He was playing this rhythm. He was playing it quite softly, quite gently. Um, and as he was doing that, um, a few of the congregation, maybe one or two people, started off with a clap in rhythm, clap into the rhythm. Um, and I noticed as he was doing that, a few more people started to clap along, clap along, clap along, clap along, and then more people and more people. And then the electric guitarist started playing the rhythm a bit more prominently as the song built and built and built and built. And more people joined in with this clapping. And, um, and I was really, God really spoke to me about that, about being in tune with his rhythm. Being in tune with what he's doing. And it really spoke to me because I thought, do you know what? The more and more people joined in, more people were joining in. And then the rhythm was almost lifting. And God really spoke to me. And one thing he put on my heart was, this new year, as we, as, as we start off, be in tune with what God's doing. Be in tune with my rhythm. Don't be a spectator to what God's doing this new year. That's my prayer for you guys. Don't be a spectator this new year to what God is doing. I want to really encourage you to get stuck in, in community. Get stuck in, into God's rhythm. 
And if you're listening to this today and, and you're not part of a community group or, or, or you're new to Jubilee, I really want to encourage you to consider this new year. Speak to someone. Get involved in community today. Maybe start by coming to prayer meeting tonight. <laughs> um, let's go back to the, uh, the verse. Uh, um, and so to conclude, Jesus um, then reminds us in, 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 in um, verse 7 about the... the, the the loving, good nature of our Heavenly Father. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For anyone who asks, receives and so on and so on. See, me and my family were away in London over the new year and we visited, visited my old church in Greenwich and while we were there, the, 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 the pastor there he has this saying that he says, which I really like. He says, if Jesus commands us to do something in the Bible and we're not doing it, then what Jesus are we following? What Jesus are we following? And so here Jesus urges us to ask. Ask. And we will receive. And usually when we look at this, this verse, we always look at it in a selfish way, don't we? We always look at it. In a, in a personal perspective, what can I ask? You know, ask and it shall be, and you shall receive. Well, Lord, I pray that this year I get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> you know, we always look at it from, from a selfish point of view, finances, job. But if you look in the context of the passage, if you look again, what Jesus is saying is, don't judge. Don't pick on other people's faults. Help someone take the plank out of their eyes. When we look at it in the context of the verse, it's actually ask so you would receive good gifts to help others, isn't it? James chapter 4 verse 3 says, When you ask and you do not receive, it's because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Humility. Talks about not judging. Talks about helping a brother out, take the speck out of his eyes in love and not out of pride. And as easy as it may seem when we read it, the reality is, hard. In our human nature, we fall short, don't we? We're not perfect. And so that's the relevance of verse 7 here. Ask and, it shall be and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the doors will be open. Because we actually need God's grace, don't we? We need God's guidance. We need God's help. And Jesus here is reminding us that if we ask, we will receive. Our Father in heaven will give us good gifts. Um, and then we move on to, to, to verse 12 that sums up the, the, the whole teaching. One simple statement, it says, So in everything you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. In a nutshell. Love, isn't it? Love, not judge. Love in a way that doesn't tear people down. 
but actually builds them up in Christ. That's the message here, isn't it? As the people of God, as, as Christians, we're called to love. We're called daily to love, to reach out to others so that we would experience that love and have others reach out to us. Um, I, I used a book. Um, oh, I haven't finished reading the book, actually. hope I do this year. It's, it's a book called Global Humility. I think I got it from you, Simon, didn't I? Yeah, it's by Andy McCulloch. And, and, and in this book, he writes... Um, <laughs> uh, he writes in, 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 a, in a chapter titled... Oh, I've lost it now. I think I've got it here. In a chapter titled Parables... And he says quite simply, a parable is like a Trojan horse. It sneaks past the defenses and evades the heart. And you see, for the most part of, of, of um, this, this chapter that I've just read, Jesus speaks in parables, illustrations. He speaks using illustrations, using parables. And you see, what I believe is that Jesus wants to navigate through the, 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 the defense mechanisms that we might put up as we listen, as we read. And he wants to speak directly to our hearts, doesn't he? I don't know what the time is, but I think I'm nearly done. <laughs> but... Um, I just think it'll be good for us to respond in worship. And I think as, as, as we respond in worship uh, uh, this morning, I want to invite you to, to really be open to what God's saying. To really be open to, to what God is saying. To be in tune with the rhythm that God's playing. To get involved, to get stuck in. Don't be a spectator. I want to invite you to ask, to seek in faith for God's grace, for wisdom, for vigilance, for awareness against pride, against ungodly desires that might brew up inside of us. Ask for grace, ask for humility. And so that's the end for me. Um, Thank you very much for listening. God bless you all. Well done. Well done. If you all stand, if the band could come up as well. That would